Hello, Monetization Nation. Welcome back to another episode with Shannon Graham. In the last episode, we discussed unlocking our full potential, being honest about what we want, not ignoring red flags, and letting our results speak for themselves. In today's episode, we're going to discuss achieving our potential, along with personal liberation. Let's go to your books. And and let's talk a little bit about your intro. When we talked at the beginning, I said that you help visionary leaders who want to change the world by doing the impossible. What do you consider the impossible? Um, I consider it something that has never been done before and something that the majority of people on the planet believe cannot be done. So why is it so important to do the impossible? It's a great question. Um, probably the majority of this interview will, will come from this answer. Okay. Which is, um, I talked about human potential in the beginning and that we all have this, there's this difference between who we show up as on a daily basis and, and what we really are as far as potential. And you could put the smartest people in the planet in a room for a week with one goal. And the goal is to determine the peak of human potential. And at the end of that week, the best they could tell you is that we either don't know or that it's unlimited. It'd probably be one of those two answers. So it's safe to say that we can be, do, have, give way, 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 way more than we do on a regular basis. Um, but the trick about potential is that there are only two ways to access it. The first way to access higher levels of potential is when life forces you into those moments. We've all been there before and we don't have the time, we don't have the money, we don't have the resources, but we must rise to the occasion and we do and we find a way. Um, so in those moments, we get a glimpse of a version of us that's way more capable, way more powerful, way more resourceful, way more fill in the blank. The challenge is because life forced those moments on us, we don't maintain that level of peak uh, potential. Um, so it's not sustainable. The other way, the only other way to experience higher levels of human potential is when we purposely choose to do things that we don't know how to do. Because it forces us to be the Einstein level of like, you can't solve your problems with the same level of thinking that created them. Well, it forces you, when you endeavor to do something that's never been done before, you obviously can't use the same thinking that you've been using. So it forces you to a higher level of yourself. Makes me think of, of when we sent the men to the moon for the first time, right? It forced us to develop the new technology. It forced us to think of new ways to solve those problems. Yeah, 100%. I mean, just, just to add to that, when JFK announced that we were going to the moon, um, technologically, we were actually nowhere near ready to do that. Um, there's a bunch of reasons for that, you know, what probably a lot of people would agree on is that Vietnam um, was a mistake. Uh, and JFK was getting a lot of heat for that. And they needed a distraction. 
And so what better distraction than to tell people we're going to the moon? Because what happened after he told people we were going to the moon? Everyone kind of like forgave Vietnam. They were like, okay, yeah, it's a big mistake, but man, the moon, like, yeah. And, and the United States rallied and they unified because we're going to the moon, right? So it was, it was a good strategy. It was a good tactic. But technologically, we were nowhere near ready to go there. In fact, when he announced that, NASA was like, uh, excuse me, were you going to let us in on that? <laughs> um, so, you know, when you endeavor to do things that have never been done before, it forces you into new levels of creativity and new levels of innovation and new level of resourcefulness and new levels of synergy. Um, and, and, it, and it actually becomes sustainable because you chose it. Now, there's also a, a side effect, which is, also, is, is quite valuable, which is what I call the Bannister effect. Um, Roger Bannister, uh, back in the late 50s, broke the four minute mile. And no one had ever done it before. And in fact, many people in the medical community said, if you did that, uh, you would physically explode. <laughs> they genuinely believe that. Um, and he was like, yeah, I think it's possible. So he did it. And the year that he did it, 22 other people did it. Simply as a function of him doing it. Because they knew it could be done. Because they they knew someone had done it. There's a big difference between knowing something can be done. That's kind of like amorphous. That's kind of like, right. yeah, but, but, the, but knowing that someone has done it is wildly different. Yeah. I know it can be done. And eh, it's kind of like this. Someone has done it is this. Yeah. That and sense. so that's really pro. I, I still, you can, you can believe that I've put a lot of thought into this. I still don't understand the deep implications of that. But what I can tell you is that it's very profound because what it means is one person can do one thing, one time that's never been done before. And that one domino can be the causation of an en masse potentiality upgrade. That's right. That's so you can change the world by doing the impossible because it opens everybody else's mind where they realize they can elevate themselves as well. That's it. Oh, so I have ne never thought that thought in my life. That is brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. I want to shift to your book, Expand. So this is your newest book and it's about leadership that moves, fulfills, and changes the world. And um, maybe a third of the way through the book, you have a whole section that talks about leadership as passion. And, and uh, that's the section that resonated most with me. And, and probably because I, I did a TED talk on passion marketing and I wrote, I've written an ebook about passion marketing. And by the time this, um, this interview is published, um, our audience will be able to find that ebook at passionmarketing.com for free. And, uh, and, and I want to dive into this leadership as passion concept. Um, can, you, can you help me understand what you mean when you say leadership is passion? Yeah. Um, I think passion, I, I have this concept that desire is expansion seeking to express itself. 
Oh, wait, say that one more time. Let me make sure I understood that. Desire is expansion seeking to express itself. Okay. So what that means is whatever we desire is, is ultimately the bigness in us wanting to come out and play. And so passion and desire usually like are hand in hand. I have a passion to make the world a better place, AKA I have a desire to make the world a better place. Right. Essentially the same thing. So a leader who, who leads with passion um, to, to live with passion also um, requires a person to, um, to have courage. I find that everything you, you truly desire, the best things in life that a person can want or, or have uh, are the function of courage, exist on the other side of courage. And so to be passionate um, also requires courage. And, and let me just interject one thing there. A lot of people think that courage is to not be afraid and, and that's wrong. Um, like there's some roller coasters. We, we were at Six Flags last weekend and there's some roller coasters there that are pretty extreme. And to have the courage to go on those roller coasters has nothing to do with whether you're afraid or not afraid to go on that roller coaster. Um, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is having fear and choosing to to still go forward, right? It's it's overcoming the fear. That's right. That's right. Correct. And and that's a very that is probably one of the most valuable human characteristics that a person could develop in themselves. It's courage. Right. Uh, because if you have courage, then you can take your passion and you can actually live it out you can you can create your reality from that passion despite the fear your fear won't hold you back you can go make it correct the the i i think of it as a scale human beings are constantly living in a scale um think about a monkey on the on the the savannah and a whole bunch of bananas have fallen off this tree onto the ground and they're perfect like the monkey can just sense that those bananas are perfect and he's hungry, but there's a lion sleeping nearby. And so he's calculating, he's weighing out this equation. I'm really hungry. The, uh, how far am I from the bananas? How far are the bananas from the lion? And, and he's weighing out the equation. That's, that's how pretty much all species exist. And so it really comes down to fear and desire. We're constantly weighing those out and making behavioral decisions on the gravity of those two things. And most people predominantly make decisions from fear. I don't want to experience pain. I don't want to experience rejection. I don't want to experience loss. I don't want to experience fill in the blank. So I'm going to behave this way. So the fear dictates the behavior. The flip side of that is if the passion is strong enough, if you think of it like a scale, the passion is strong enough, then you may be, you might be afraid, but you'll do it anyway. Right. So you're talking about not just leading from our own passion, but you're talking about unlocking the passion in those people who we're trying to lead. Well, yeah. So that, that, that's, that's a good insight because that leads us to the next part of the equation, which is the number one job of a leader is to create more leaders. 
Um, and that is a, a little bit misunderstood in the culture of leadership today, because most people would, would say that leadership is about leading people. Um, and it's really not. It is about uh, inspiring people to, to become leaders themselves. And in order to be a leader, in order to, to have passion, you have to have courage. And so if a leader can lead with courage and passion, then ultimately that's what they're instilling in their people. It's not just leadership, it's courage, it's passion. And that's a very valuable characteristic to um, invoke in other people. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Uh, in that section of expand, you talk about the art of full expression. Can you explain that to us? Yeah. Um, it's similar. We all, there's typically a difference between like who we show up as and who we would really like to show up as. And um, billionaires tend to be a good example of this. Um, you know, if you look at people, this isn't, this isn't a blanket statement, but it tends to be true. If you look at people that are millionaires or multimillionaires and how they dress, for example, they dress in a way that um, essentially the point of how they dress is so that other people will perceive them a certain way because they are, they are millionaires, they are multimillionaires, they want other people to know that. And so they dress in a way that causes that perception. Billionaires, for whatever reason, not all of them again, but many of them are beyond that. They genuinely don't care what people think. And so, you know, um, one of my favorite quotes is, the guy in the suit looks really important until you find out he works for the guy in pajamas. Right, or the and guy so, in the shorts and the t-shirt, that's right. Right. Um, think, think about, close your eyes and think about any uh, picture of Richard Branson that you've ever seen. What is he wearing? Board shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. All right. When, when you envision just now, when you did that, did you see Richard Branson in like a three-piece suit? No. You probably saw him in like board shorts and a t-shirt, right? Yeah. I actually saw a... Uh a picture of him from the day, the very first day he launched, launched uh, Virgin Airlines. Cause I saw that yesterday, I saw a video of it and he was more dressed up, but that was early in his career, right? That was right at the beginning. That's right. Yeah, I, 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 I guess the better way to, to say it would be think of any picture of Richard Branson currently. Yeah, that's right. Board shorts and a t-shirt. That's right. So self-expression has to do with going back to the uh, part of the conversation where we were talking about what do you want? The honesty of what do you want? Because that's really what um, self-expression is all about. Who am I? How do I want to show up? And the more honest we can be about that, the more authentic we can be in our expression. In your book, you encourage people to be irresponsible. What do you mean by that? What most people would point at and say is irresponsible is typically the thing that quite frankly is the most responsible thing for them to do. For example, a father of two that has a loving uh, spouse has a nine to five job and he hates it, like hates it. His soul uh, dies a little more 
every single day he goes to that job. And depending on how stark we want to paint the picture, maybe he has some coping mechanisms like drinking or who knows what. It's not a good scenario, suffice to say. Uh, and he wakes up one day and he desires to, there's that word, he desires to start his own business. But as we all know, being an entrepreneur is risky. And, um, you know, it would require him to, to invest some money up front with no promise of, uh, of anything. So because, because he has safety, he has security, he has benefits, and he's got a family to feed, he has this sense of responsibility. Responsibility happens to be the thing that, that is the most toxic and keeps people the most stuck because he may choose not to embark on that entrepreneurial endeavor because he wants to be responsible. And so he continues to be responsible, AKA miserable and uh, suffering and you know, some type of addiction or coping mechanism. And, and he becomes an example to his family of what responsibility looks like. And so they perpetuate that down the line. Yeah. And that's bad. That's bad, bad, bad. So the flip side of that is he wakes up one day and he's like, you know what? I want to start this business. And it feels irresponsible. I have a family to feed. I, it's kind of my job to help kind of protect them and to, to help make sure they don't suffer. But I'm suffering. And so by default, they will, they will suffer. So it's actually, even though it seems irresponsible for me to start this business and to put a bunch of money into it, and maybe I'll fail, it's more responsible because that's me taking responsibility for what I really desire and being a role model to my family of, of not allowing safety and security to be the predominant measure that dictates your behavior. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, most of the things that people would point out in life that they have a desire for and simultaneously say are irresponsible are usually the things that are going to move them forward the most in life. What a great philosophy. Yeah. The goal is not to be responsible as the world defines responsibility. The goal is to find out what we really want and take the path that helps us best achieve that. That's right. Okay, let's shift. Um, let's go to your other book, um, The Revolution of Self, The Three Keys to Personal Liberation. Will you talk us through what are those three keys of, to help us achieve personal liberation? The first is having a foundation. So if you're thinking about building a house, you have to build the foundation first. You can't build a roof before you build a foundation. So the first is a foundation. You have to have vision. You have to have clarity. What, how big is the house going to be? Is it, is it 2,000 square feet? Is it 10,000 square feet? Is it one floor? Is it two floors? What is the vision? And then the third is you got to have the right tools to do the job. If you and me were going to build a house and we had the plot of land and I said, okay, my friend, it's time to start building. Here's your chainsaw. And, and now it's time to put on the roof. Here's your chainsaw. That's, that, that's a great tool, but it's inappropriate for the job. 
So you got to have the right tools to get the job done. So foundation, vision, uh, tools. Love it. In that book, I, I liked most your last two chapters. So quit your job and transform your relationship. Yep. When should people quit their jobs? The instant they feel like they should. So expand on that a little bit. Well, this is what goes back to the honesty. Especially, this, this is predominant in the world, but mostly in, in Western culture, people have this weird habit of staying in scenarios that, that are not helpful to them, like a job or a relationship. Those are the two big ones. Um, based on the data, and you can, you can do the research and the data is very clear, um, worldwide, most people are unhappy at work. Um, and in relationships, uh, in the United States, the divorce rate, I think, is currently 55 percent, 51 to 55%, something like that. So it's actually more than not. Yeah. That's pretty big. Now, I have a friend who's a relationship expert, and she speaks with couples very intimately. And we were, I was talking to her about that uh, statistic, and she said it's actually very, it's it's wrong. Uh, 51 to 55% is actually not accurate. If the couples that are in relationships that are not happy had the courage to separate. Um, but many couples stay together out of convenience or the kids or there's a multitude of reasons. Um, but they're not being honest. They're, they're not, it's, they're not if they're really honest, they just shouldn't be together. So that that 51 to 55% is really more like 60 to 65 or even potentially higher. Um, but there's a whole number of people that stay in the relationships, they stay married because of various reasons. And so, um, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, but, but my point is what an amazing place the world would be if we were so honest and courageous that when we felt that something was off, we immediately put an end to it. Now, there's a little caveat there because sometimes if you're in a relationship, this comes from personal experience. If you're in a marriage and you hit a wall and things are really hard and it's difficult and you gotta have hard conversations and you gotta dig deep and, and there's some pain involved, that's not necessarily the time to say, well, this isn't working, I'm gonna walk away now. Right, you got to know when to hold the cards and when to fold them. Uh, but, but again, that's where the honesty comes in. Of like, I think most people know deep down if something is worth fighting for. Um, because if it is, then you do the work. And 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 yes, yeah, sometimes it's hard and, and it's challenging, but you do the work and you come out the other side and and you're better for it. Uh, but there's a very big difference between that and just kind of knowing in your gut that something's not a fit, but sticking with it anyway. So most people, when they come to the conclusion that a job, for example, is not for them, they wake up one morning and they feel that, but then they sell themselves on the idea that they should stay for some, you know, reason. Um, but they're really, they're really talking themselves out of what they already truly know. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I think it's important that to get into the habit of if you genuinely feel in your heart that something's not serving you 
to, to cut it and to end it, um, the world would be a much better place. Thank you so much, Shannon, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, when we endeavor to do things that have never been done before, it forces us into new levels of creativity, innovation, resourcefulness, and synergy. It allows us to achieve a higher level of potential on purpose. Number two, one person can change the world by doing the impossible because it opens up everyone else's minds to what is possible. Number three, leaders should be an example of passion and courage, inspiring the people they lead to also have passion and courage. Number four, the more honest we can be about what we want, the more authentic we can be in our expression. And number five, most things worth doing are hard, and we usually know when something is worth fighting for. However, if we know that something isn't a fit for us, we shouldn't find reasons to justify staying with it and staying miserable. We should end the misery and move on to something better. Number six, the three keys to personal liberation are foundation, vision, and tools. To learn more about or connect with Shannon, you can find him on LinkedIn or Facebook. Visit his website at shannongram.com or check out his books, The Revolution of Self and Expand. And you can find links to each of these in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get a free copy of my ebook, Passion Marketing, and learn how you can become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, our Facebook group, Twitter, or your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in reaching your potential. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.